0: Avocado Toast. News, politics, and social issues for young people by young people. Hey guys, it's Jesse. And Griffin. And this is Avocado Toast. Again, as I always say, even (laughs) though it's in the fucking intro. Anyways, um, Griffin, what have you been up to in the last week?
1: Um, not a whole lot. I... Yeah, just, it's sort of this, you know, the same old stuff. Nothing particularly interesting has happened to me. Um, actually, I, I did get my first uh, paycheck, so that was nice.
0: Wow! Um, yay!
1: But that, that that may have actually happened prior to the last episode we recorded. So, but it's nice to get paid money uh, <laughs> for the work that I do. Um, so. Hopefully there's, there'll be more, uh, more of that in the future.
0: Hell yeah. Uh,
1: at least until we transfer to a, a, post-money economy.
0: One of these days. One day. One day. Um, I have been really busy. Um, it's the beginning of the Hagim, which is Hebrew for holidays. Um, Like, basically, back-to-back, we have Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, and Simchat Torah. So, yeah. It's just, like, a lot of fucking Jewish holidays. And since I work as a Jewish professional, I have to do all of the Jewish things.
1: I was gonna say, it makes sense you're really busy. Uh, And actually, that that actually reminds me of something. So, this is just a side note. Um, (laughs) Okay. If if you are uh, a Jewish student and your professor will not, you know, allow you to, uh, you know, take off for an exam uh, for the holidays, or they will make an exam harder if you, like, take off for the exam for a holiday. Uh, your rights are being violated, uh, and you should file a, I think it's a Title Nine complaint with the school, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, that counts as religious discrimination, and you should uh, either, and I mean, it's up to you whether or not you want to, say, talk to your professor first and say, hey, it's actually, you're not allowed to do that, or if you want to go straight to the school. But it just, like, the the fact that, like, um, you mentioned it, just reminded me, because this has, this has happened to a few friends of ours at Pitt. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: do you know if so, our friend who it most recently happened to, like, did they do anything?
1: Um, I think... Uh, they went to, like, uh, I think they did do something, uh, so like, I, I I'm i not 100% sure I haven't talked to them, because uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's actually happened to, like, a couple friends of ours recently. Yeah. I don't think and I don't think either of them have uh, I, I, I don't know for sure what either of them have done about it, but I, I think they have at least thought about doing something, so.
0: Yeah, it's annoying and it's bullshit and a lot of the uh, professors either don't like they don't get that it's not like fucking christmas or whatever like it's one of the well, most well
1: and e- like, e- even even if they did get it um they a lot of them don't understand that a christian student would never be asked to take a harder exam because they missed it during, due to christmas that's true um, because because we have off for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Every college in the U.S. gives students um, a break over Christmas.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, and it, so it's absolutely ridiculous uh, that you would ask, and uh, because it, it's never something that you know a Christian student's going to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that they'll you know force Muslim students. Uh, or Jewish students, either because they don't respect the importance of the holiday, or they just don't have the self-awareness, it's like, oh, I would ask, a, uh, you know, the same thing of a Christian student, it's like, well, you would never have to do that.
0: Mm-hmm, hmm yeah, exactly. Yep. So, just things for you to know, Rosh Hashanah is on, uh, Sunday night is when it starts, and then it never fucking ends. I'm going (laughs) to die. Except that luckily, my job doesn't really give a shit how much uh, work I put in for the holiday. It's more like what I do social justicely for the Jewish people. Yeah. It's very complicated. Um, Yeah. Luckily, my supervisor's a rabbi, so she has to put in more work. (laughs) Ah, okay. Are you ready?
1: Yeah, I'm ready. Actually,
0: I actually have quite a bit of news, um, which is interesting.
1: That's good, because I, I feel like I don't have a whole lot.
0: Okay, then good. Um, Trump, trash man, uh, has approved the deployment of additional U.S. troops and air defense uh, to Saudi Arabia. Um, of course he has. Yep. So it's basically, like, a response to last week's attack on, um, some oil facilities there. So, uh, yeah. But it never actually, like, is good when we do yeah. that. Um, and it's clearly, here, it's motivated by capital interests.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think also what I've heard is that it's part of the sort of ongoing, uh, dispute with Iran. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, where, because the U.S. has uh, repeatedly, although the, the official line from sort of um, anyone besides the U.S. and Saudi Arabia, I think maybe one other country, um, is that the official line is that it was the uh, some Houthi rebels from Yemen who mm. um, bombed the oil facilities, and then uh-huh. Saudi Arabia and the U.S. are alleging that it is Iran. Mm, that's so, bullshit. So it's um and so it it seems that the the new deployment of troops is specifically a US reaction to that the claim that it, it was actually Iran. Uh, so because yeah. and we we there's been tensions with Iran for a while uh, with the Trump presidency um, partially because Uh, of Trump, and then partially because the long-term national security advisor was John Bolton, uh, Mm -hmm. who is incredibly anti-Iran. As well as, I think he he just, like, I think that's Iran specifically, but I think most, um, you know, Middle Eastern Muslim countries in general. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he was sort of the architect of that dispute um, and even though he has been remo- since removed from his position, uh, it's still a little bit of, I think, a holdover, uh, is that escalating tensions.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, to keep with the theme of talking about Trump, um, that takes me to uh, something that's been really just, like, all over the fucking news, uh, yeah. which is that he... There was a memo, like, of a phone call... That Trump was on that, like, proves um, or that is evidence of, um, like, collusion to disrupt the current, um, like, election. Um, and by that, I mean the primaries, like, stuff that's going up to the primaries. Um, Trump was uh, speaking to his Ukrainian counterpart um, and wanted to work with the U.S. Attorney General to investigate Joe Biden. Um, they basically, like... I don't know why they were going to investigate him. I think it was... Do you know why?
1: So, um, it, Joe Biden's son, Hunter, mm-hmm. uh, was an executive on some, like, Ukrainian company uh, company's board. Uh, so it fuck? was... Uh, the call was... Point. I think Joe Biden, uh, when he was the vice president, um, called for the removal of the Ukrainian attorney general, who was uh, thinking of launching an investigation into that company for corruption. Oh. uh, Which, on the surface, looks bad. Mm -hmm. Mhm. But the thing is, um, a ton of other countries had been calling for the removal of that attorney general. Um so it wasn't it wasn't just the US um there's no indication that Biden wasn't was acting in personal interest mm-hmm. uh to and rather in the like this wasn't necessarily something he had been you know this may have been something he was instructed to do by like the Obama administration and so it's the whole thing is and also there's no indication that Hunter Biden you know was part of any uh, corruption probe as i think he was specifically cleared
0: uh oh, okay. by the
1: neck by the next attorney general so
0: hmm. okay yeah
1: so the idea was trump is like oh you should like relaunch that investigation and mm-hmm. you know investigate the the biden's for corruption and like whether or not but Bi- uh joe biden used his position to influence that but the thing is there's no evidence for that um and the fact is
0: the timing would if, obviously be to uh, influence the primary results.
1: Exactly. It would, it would mm-hmm. be because Biden is the one who's sort of leading the polls right now. Um, Any, I thought
0: Warren was re- leading last we checked.
1: Uh, she was I leading that was, out of
0: Indiana or Illinois or I, whatever.
1: I think it was Iowa. It was like She was leading in Iowa and then maybe one other state, but Biden, I think, is leading national. It's still leading nationally. But then oh, it's okay. obviously like that... That the gap between them is decreasing
0: yeah it's really close um, um which boy oh boy would it be great for warren to win <laughs>
1: uh but as part of it because you know but as part of it um if trump act like was seen to offer anything in return for uh the ukrainian government launching an investigation into like uh biden, joe biden uh, mm-hmm. that would be colluding with a foreign power to influence a U- U.S. election. Yes. Uh, which he's already been accused of, and it's, it would seem that the dumbass bitch has done it again.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, exactly.
1: But as yeah. part of it, uh, as a response to this memo, um, actually, I believe impeachment proceedings have begun. Yes. Um, yes.
0: Yes. Um, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi has announced, um, an impeachment inquiry, which is great. Um, the memo from the, um, call was, like, super confusing, which is, yeah, well, uh, it's, the wording is just, like, really complicated, so if you go to read it, just, like, be prepared that it is whack. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So... Out of that very intense news that is going to be uh, definitely developing over the next several weeks, if not months or longer, um, we know that uh, Puerto Rico was struck by Hurricane Maria two years ago and the country, well, it's not a country, it's a territory. The territory is still basically, like, struggling because, um, like, there really hasn't been much, like, disaster assistance given puerto rico and like puerto rico most of the industry there is just tourism which is usually like a very fickle economy to have anyway um uh basically uh the essentially the rest of the fema funds that were going to be given to puerto rico have now been pulled for uh, the building of trump's wall
1: amazing And by amazing, I mean awful and horrible, and I hate that man.
0: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And we all should, because that's some absolute bullshit. And Puerto Rico still needs help, so if you know of any way uh, to help Puerto Rico, I highly recommend that you tweet it at us, so that way we can best share. Um, Because a lot of, basically, like all the GoFundMes are not in existence anymore so
1: yeah
0: um the gun manufacturer Colt says that they will stop producing the AR-15 among other rifles for the consumer market in the wake of all of the recent mass shootings um which is some really interesting stuff um yeah
1: honestly surprisingly good for a gun company
0: yeah I think they know that like they just they can't do this anymore um, and it's
1: it's be, it's s- become such a point of controversy that I don't think they want to take the heat mm-hmm. uh, as and like I think they've also stated in like when they the statement that they put out was like listen it's such a small part of our sales uh, that I think at this point the, the controversy that it would attract Continue making them isn't worth the like in minuscule hit to sales that I think mm-hmm. they would take, and I, I think it's the same thing with Walmart. Is like Walmart has stated, it's like, listen, we're gonna stop selling, you know, uh, most guns because guns make up like one percent of our total profit. Oh yeah. If if that.
0: Mhm.
1: So. And, like, they're still selling hunting rifles.
0: Yeah. Um, um, which is, like, probably the only gun that should be sold anyway. Um, especially yeah. in the U.S. where there's so much wilderness. Um, um, like, I'm super yeah. anti-guns of all forms, but, like, hunting rifles are the ones that are, the like, the least lethal.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's also the kind of thing I where mean, They still like...
0: have the uh, same amount of force, but, I mean, like, they're used less often yeah. in murdering. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's, you, you end up with, because people need to hunt because there are a lot of people who, you know, hunt to, like, for subsistence, uh, as mm-hmm. well as, uh, we need some way to kill all the deer, because uh, <laughs> that is a major ecological issue in the U.S. right now, is that there's too many damn deer. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. some, some of them need to die.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Um, um, a report came out, what, oh, are you done? Mm,
1: I w- I just realized that, like, that ties in a little bit later to what we're talking about, but...
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, now you, everyone knows that we'll probably bring this up again. <laughs> um, yeah. a report recently came out that Pittsburgh is the worst city in America for black people, which, like, we have been new we've been new, um, basically any area in the city where, like, black people might be living, um, is grossly not taken care of, like, there's been little to no investment in, like, local business, and, uh, a lot of the education in those areas is, like, much, much worse, and, yeah, yeah. The article that I am looking at is talking about how like it can get better, but uh, it's rough. Um, if you live in Pittsburgh, you should support um, black-run businesses and you should definitely get involved in a lot of the um, nonprofits that work to support um, people of color in Pittsburgh. Um, the other day, one of my students said Uh, that Israel is the most racist country in the world, and that's how I knew that they'd never been to Pittsburgh, because they would know that we're the most racist country in the world, and I feel like I mentioned this on the podcast last week, but I might not have.
1: I, I think that just betrays the fact that they've never lived or been to another country.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or have they even been to this country? That's what I really want to know.
1: Um, well, I, I think that what it could be is, like, because I feel like there's par- pockets of this country that are incredibly isolated and sort mm-hmm. of insular, uh, and so they may not have witnessed um, sort of such, like, overt racism. And, like, I suppose, like, even, like, and so it's possible that, I mean, obviously they've likely witnessed uh, systemic racism and not realized it, mm-hmm. um, but I I think there are places where it's like you don't even realize that like you know there's over there isn't like such overt racism. Uh,
0: yeah, that's true.
1: But I I think that it just shows that like they've led a somewhat sheltered life. If very if privileged. That's, if, yeah, exactly. If that if that's sort of the their take, and I mean that isn't to say that you know Israel doesn't have problems with.
0: Oh, uh, it absolutely has right. problems. But also, when we talk about racism, the way that it manifests in other locations is so different. You know. Yeah,
1: um, as well as, but it it is I think important to take a look and realize, like the U.S. is an incredibly. Racist. Enormous. Oh, racist! Well, I was going to say, it's an incredibly na- racist country, mm-hmm. um, and so it's incredibly racist. It has a really awful history of racism, and that still maintains it still maintains to this day. Uh, but like, I, I, I do think it's you know you you see less of that. I mean, like it wasn't. It was only a few years ago that uh, Dylan Roof tried to start a race.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yeah. Like, white supremacy is... Like, we have a white supremacist in the White House.
0: Yeah, we absolutely do. Uh,
1: it, I, I think it's... I think it's disingenuous... I, honestly, I think it's disingenuous to really say that any country is the most racist country in the world. Um, because, as you said, like it manifests in a different way in every place.
0: Yeah, um, for sure. For sure. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but a lot of schools are now going to... Um, well, not a lot of schools. Oh, I can't remember where it was, and I don't have the article saved. But um, I believe that it might be like California or something is going to start like teaching about the history of the United States with 1619 as, like, the foundation of the U.S. because, um... Mm. It has to do with, like, the slave trade. I cannot remember, and I wish I had the article because it was very interesting. Um, if I find it again, I'll tweet it out. And I'll also send it to you, but...
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, NIH is awarding $20 million over the next five years to, um, fund research um, that... We'll focus on the convergence of neuroscience and music therapy. Well, I do actually have, um, uh, like an article from CNN, um, about the Iowa poll, um, which was really interesting. Uh, so, uh, according to Iowa polls, 71% of voters are at least considering, Warren's candidacy. Um, uh, Biden is like obviously polling like the highest overall. Um, She holds the support of 32 percent of people who said that they caucused for Bernie Sanders in 2016. Um, But I do believe like that the overall numbers were that um, she has like. Twenty. she either has 21 or 22% of the vote and um, Biden has like just under that like a point or two under so yeah, yeah. Um, a watchdog report um, claims that approximately one out of every 30 migrant children in government run um, concentration camps are on psychotropic medications which basically means like uh, anti-anxiety, antidepressants, um, which is, like, sounds like, okay, cool, like, me too, but they are on those drugs without their parents' consent, um, which also means without their parents' knowledge, because they are separated from their parents. Um, like, they probably absolutely need those medications because, like, you're being, uh, targeted and held against your will by the government. But also, like, th- legally, if they, well, I mean, legally, it's fucked up anyway. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, people who cannot consent to, like, their own medical care are being given drugs that they have no control over, which is fucked up. Yeah. So. Um, in good news, Sandusky, Ohio, which is super close to me, um, is making Election Day a paid holiday. Um, so instead of having Columbus Day as a paid holiday, um, now instead people will work on Columbus Day and have Election Day off.
1: Uh, I wholeheartedly support this. I mean, I wish people would also get Columbus Day as a paid holiday, um, but maybe, maybe uh, have it celebrate, you know, indigenous people rather than Columbus. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, Yeah, making Election Day a paid holiday is, I think, a really good step in increasing civic participation, Mm -hmm. uh, which I think we we did an entire episode about. Oh, yeah. um, Where we we just talked, it's like, you know, civic participation is such an important part of maintaining a functioning society. Mm -hmm. uh, And this is a really good step. Yeah. Next up, the entire (laughs)
0: yeah yeah i mean this isn't even an entire state so
1: yeah yeah we'll but you know actually so so uh, the state of ohio has done something good for once yeah
0: yeah um in more fun news the emmys recently happened um and billy porter is the first um like Openly gay black man to win um, an uh, an Emmy for lead in a drama, which is great.
1: Billy Porter yeah. is such a good person.
0: He really is. And
1: just and just like so aware.
0: He really is, and I mean he's oh he's awesome, and I don't know if you've seen him in Pose, but like Pose is just beautiful, and he does a really good job in it. Um, In that same vein, um, Jarrell Jerome, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, is the first Afro-Latino to win an Emmy. So, well, for acting specifically. So that's really cool.
1: Good for him. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, a group of 16 young people filed a... Um, climate complaint to the UN and presented like speeches on it. Um, This basically was like not really anything to care about. Um, But the news sources seem to think it's the only thing to talk about or care about. Uh, So that's why I thought it was worth mentioning.
1: I've, I think it's because it's related to uh, there was a, like, global, stri- like, climate strike.
0: Yeah, the climate strike that happened last week. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so I think the, the UN speeches are sort of seen, like, being considered with regard to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of like a continuation of that. Because I think one of the UN speeches was uh, Greta Thunberg. Is sort of one of the uh, activists who is like being cited as like the instigator of like this climate strike, Uh, which is interesting because you know her whole speech to the UN was effectively, Hey, I am a child because I Mm -hmm. am 16, Uh, it should not be my job to fix the climate, that is your job as legislators. Uh, How fucking dare you make it mine.
0: Yep. And, um, who missed the entire point? The reporters! They do not fucking get it! So... Yeah,
1: they're like, they're like, oh my god, she's, like, leading a movement. It's like, no, the whole point is that she doesn't want to. It's not her job. She wants to be a kid.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> she wa- um. if, if she could be in school, she, like, and, you know, if she felt that she like, could get away with being in school uh, and not, you know, yelling at politicians, she would absolutely be in school.
0: Yeah, yeah. A 6.0 magnitude earthquake hit Puerto Rico this past week. Um, However, no damage has been reported, so I guess, like, everything's cool, I guess. Um, Or at least if there is damage, it must be minor Um, but I found this from this woman who I don't know why I follow her on Facebook, but I do. And the way that she, um, shared this article was with her comment, quote unquote, these people can't catch a break. (laughs) So bad. I have no words. Um, the University of Pittsburgh trash institution being covered by an amazing news outlet, the Pitt News. I love them. Um, but Pitt News is reporting that um, the University of Pittsburgh's counseling center is adding more staff, which is good, um, and is putting counselors in residence halls so it's easier for people living living in residence halls to get um, like the attention or care that they need, which is good, however, they still only do short-term care, which is fucked and not helpful because, like, almost no one needs short-term care. 90% of people need long-term care. Uh, and also a vast majority of Pitt's campus lives, um, like, doesn't live on campus. Yeah. So.
1: I, I think a, and I think I should probably weigh into this a little bit as someone who has attempted to use Pitt's counseling service. Mm-hmm. Uh, as before and so and I I think in addition to the fact that they're understaffed um, in my experience uh, their staff sucks
0: oh yeah awful really bad
1: Um, both times that I have attempted to seek counseling there I left feeling worse than when I arrived Mm -hmm. Um, which is I think kind of the opposite point of counseling and so as part of it so um, I I went in, and so a, a significant part of why I went in was, uh, in addition to being depressed, was I can't I couldn't finish work. Um, like, mm-hmm. if if it if I didn't complete work, then I didn't turn it in at all, and so the counselor was like, oh, you should just turn in your incomplete work and it was like well I can't do that and they're like oh well, well you know you should just turn it in and I'm like I can't do that and it, it, it was just like sort of like this communicative disconnect where they just didn't realize there's an underlying issue here that like he can't turn in substandard work and mm-hmm. like if you like if they had sort of gone into that it's like well why but it, there was just nothing it was just like Oh well, you should do. You should turn in substandard work. And I'm like, well, I can't. And she's like, well, yeah. you should. And I'm yeah. like, but I. And I mean, like, it's like the, the obvious
0: answer, but it's not helpful. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, and and then, so, it, it's just it was was completely unhelpful, and it just made me feel worse about myself. And so yeah, so it, it just like, it wasn't very good, and like I won't even go into the other time, but like neither time that I went in was it like actually and then like even with it like I w- I, I only ever found like an outside therapist um, like via other sources because like I there was straight up like one of my professors like you don't seem okay and like mm-hmm. recommended me one and it like it pit counseling services did absolutely nothing for me yeah. and so I I think just increasing the numbers like well you need to improve the quality and maybe it's gone up since i you know tried to use it but
0: i fucking doubt it yeah yeah um school counseling centers usually are ass um and the fact that they're there is basically just as good as them not having counseling centers um jewel has decided it's going to um well sorry the ceo of Jewel, um, Kevin Burns is stepping down um, because everyone's mad about like the liquid in like vape pods being tainted, um, and so he's stepping down. And who's going to be replacing him? A person who used to work in big tobacco. So of course, yeah,
1: not um, surprising. So yeah, it's it's unsurprising that you know, one uh death dealer is being replaced by another.
0: Mhm. Yep.
1: Um, um so oh yeah. Oh uh, no I was just I have I have low opinion of uh <laughs> the tobacco industry if it wasn't clear.
0: <laughs> I mean that's so valid. Um there is a shortage going on um with um like injectable testosterone which is something new that i didn't know was going on um so that's going to be really difficult um and something that's going to be really important coming up um it's going to make um testosterone uh injections like a lot more expensive um and it's going to be listed as um quote-unquote, on back order with, like, a lot of different pharmacies. So that is not good.
1: (sighs) That is not good.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know, like, if this is going to have, like, geographic, um, like, implications where it's going to be more difficult than other locations to um, get testosterone, but, like, that's kind of all the information that I have right now light of my life. Jonathan Van Ness, one of the many hosts of Queer Eye, um, has been in the news a lot this last week because he was releasing a book that came out yesterday as of the point where we're recording this. Um, He was in an interview with, I believe, the New York Times, where he stated that he um, has been living with HIV um, for at least, like, 10 years at this point, um, but he, I believe, is, like, undetectable, so it means, like, he's, like, totally healthy, um, and he also, like, earlier today endorsed, um, Senator Elizabeth Warren, who's my favorite person on the planet, so.
1: Yeah, so I had actually heard about this, and so, like, the, the interview, like, so, like, I think the, the HIV, uh, Thing was sort of the, the biggest thing, but it also, uh, he talked about like his struggles with, um, like he addiction. was sexually assaulted and mm-hmm. he, um, struggled with addiction. Um, and so, like, he really went through the ringer. Um, when I think he was actually, I think about our age, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was in college and, like, I think a little bit after, um, where he just really. It, it is definitely the kind of thing where uh, his life has, is looking up, I think, at this point. And, uh, honestly, good for him. He, he deserves the world. hmm So.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and then my last final bit of news, which I feel like for whatever reason took us forever to get here, um, is it's building on our just never-ending series of needing to talk about the Israeli election. Um, I believe last we spoke, we were talking about how Gantz had um, like, he had won more votes of the popular election that had happened. Um, However, uh, as of today, um, Israeli President Rivlin, um, there's a difference in Israel between the Prime Minister and the President. Um, The President is like, just some bullshit. He doesn't do shit. Um, but the prime minister is the one who leads the Knesset, which is the Israeli parliament. Um, president Rivlin has asked current in sitting prime minister, um, Benjamin Netanyahu, aka BB, um, to form the new governing coalition. Um, Because uh, you need to have, like, a 61% majority in order to, um, like, lead the Israeli government. Right now, he only has 31 seats. And, um, Netanyahu is a little bitch. And he eats asshole. Um, and not in the good gay way. In just the worst, terrible, trash human way. And he, uh... Luckily... This is the only good part of this, which makes me very happy. He has 29 days to create a coalition within the Israeli parliament. Um, The next 29 days are, uh, or 28 days, are basically all holidays. So you have on Sunday, you have Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah goes through um, the end of Tuesday evening. Then, you have 10 days of repentance. No one's gonna do fucking shit during that time. Then, after those 10 days of repentance, you have the holiest day of the year, Yom Kippur, which is like... I mean, it's really only 24 hours, but you have that. And then you have Sukkot, where everyone's living in these weird fucking shacks and not checking their email because there's no Wi-Fi in their shack. So, by the time BB's time is up... There's no way he would have been able to even contact the, um, like, uh, like, the ultra-Orthodox people who are in the government, or even other members of the Likud party, um, or probably not even the, um, what's it called? The party that is, a uh, center, that he needs to get their, like, opinion. Yes, yes. There's no way he's gonna be able to, like, talk to these people. Over the time, where absolutely no one in Israel is going to be able to respond to even a text message, so
1: yeah,
0: he's just going to fail, and it's going to be awesome.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a remarkably short time. It is a little bit uh, concerning that, despite the fact that uh, Blue and White have more seats than uh, yeah. Likud, that uh, Netanyahu was tapped, um, which you know shouldn't be as so surprising as it is. Um, President Rivlin is a member of the Likud party mm-hmm. um, and is apparently a partisan little bitch. Um,
0: fuck Rivlin. Um, obviously, fuck Bibi. Uh, and fuck what's going on with the Israeli government right now. They need to get their shit together. This is getting really fucking old.
1: So is, uh, is that all, uh, all of your news?
0: Yes, that's all my news. And it took me like literally 40 minutes to get here. I want to kill myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no worries. Um, I'll, I only have like four or five news stories, so I'll, I'll try okay. and run through them quickly. <laughs> so, um, so a uh, 5.8 magnitude earthquake has killed at least 38 people in uh, Pakistan. Uh, it, wow. So it was on Tuesday, so yesterday uh, for us, but probably a little bit later for the rest of you. Um, so it was close to the city of Mirpur, uh, which is in Pakistan administered Kashmir Um, and so the military said relief teams are taking tents of food and drinking water and medical supplies to the worst affected areas Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, this is also amid rising tensions between Pakistan and India over the governance of the region um, with the removal of Economy, in on the indian side mm-hmm. um, the brother of uh, algeria's deposed former president uh saeed budaflika has been sentenced to 15 years in prison for conspiring against the state and undermining the military
0: okay um,
1: mr budaflika was a incredibly high-ranking um member of his brother's government, um, and it's kind of seen as the, you know, the power behind the presidency. Um, so after uh, President Buttiflicka was ousted in April, uh, in May, uh, both Buttiflicka and other members of the government were arrested, uh, and he so he's finally been uh, charged. Mm. Okay. Uh, This one will, I think, interest you. um, Okay. (laughs) Which is, so, uh, according to uh, The Guardian, uh, the UK uh, newspaper, uh, TikTok, uh, the social networking app, has been accused of uh, censoring uh, mentions of Tiananmen Square, uh, the Hong Kong <gasps> protests, and uh, t- and uh, Tibetan independence.
0: That um, does not surprise me because, um, like five billion dollars of um, TikTok's endowment is from Chinese um, like donors.
1: Yes, uh, but so uh, criticisms of. Sort of particular Chinese things, uh, as we mentioned, uh, Tiananmen Square and Tibet um, have been either, so certain ones um, have been like straight up removed from the platform, and then other videos have been set to self-only, and then sort of deliberately lost in the algorithm, so that they don't show up on other people's feeds. So it's un-, so, um, but the loss in the algorithm thing is perhaps a little bit more concerning because it's unclear whether or not, you know, oh, what did this violate, like, terms or whatever that, you know, or because they don't tell you.
0: Uh, well, I think the or, removal or was is more it, pressing because I know that they do that shit here, like, to Americans who aren't talking about, like, anything, like, dangerous or having to do with international conflict. Um, and I think that that is, I mean, that's just my personal opinion that I think that um, just, like, straight up removing uh, a video without telling anyone is, like, more repressive. Or, or yeah. oppressive. What the fuck? <laughs> um,
1: yeah, but sort of losing it in the algorithm is, like, it's unclear whether it's like, oh, is it just, like, the algorithm? It's like, I just, it, like, wasn't interesting. Um, or is it, it's sort of, like, shadow banning these Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, posts Um, and then um, but in addition uh, a number of political leaders have been marked as sensitive um, including you know Kim uh, Jong-il Putin Donald Trump um, Shinzo Abe uh, but notably absent from the list is uh, Xi Jinping uh, who is the like leader of China
0: What what, What the fuck?
1: So, uh, it's pretty clear that, uh, TikTok is, um, being, I think, pushed to be a tool of Chinese foreign policy.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I see that. uh,
1: just be wary, I think, to anyone listening to this who, uh, enjoys TikTok or likes them. Um, Just be a little bit wary. Um, If you aren't enjoying
0: TikTok, what the fuck are you doing?
1: (laughs) (laughs) A uh, witness in a uh, fraud probe in the Estonian arm of Dansk Bank uh, has been found dead after he was uh, reported missing, I think, on Monday. Mm. Uh, So the the bank is under investigation in several countries uh, for... Uh, payments uh, for 200 billion dollars or sorry 200 billion euros so even more in dollars um, between 2007 and 2015 um so the dead you know witness uh, was Evar Rehi. uh hopefully I'm pronouncing that right uh but he was the he headed the Estonian uh branch of Dansk Bank at, at that time um and so he was not a suspect but a witness uh, so it, it would seem that this is probably a case of uh, well I'd say witness tampering and then witness tampering gone wrong
0: oh yeah for sure um,
1: but uh, Don Spanks credibility has collapsed in, in recent uh, recently. Mm-hmm. And then my last news story um, and this is uh, Jay, uh, the president of Brazil, Jair Bolsonaro has insisted that uh, the Amazon belongs to Brazil um, and has Feed described it as ass. described it as a fallacy uh, to describe uh, the Amazon is a heritage of humanity, or the lungs of the world, um, and uh, this—and this is a, an opinion that isn't surprising, considering he's kissi- uh, consistently described any attempt to try and he- uh, stem fires uh, as colonialist uh, because mm-hmm. he's a piece of shit, um, and it's uh, a shame that the stabbing didn't kill him.
0: Fuck that guy. Wow. I, like, you just really have to know absolutely nothing about how much oxygen the Amazon rainforest provides for literally the entire planet to have that kind of an opinion. Or to just be so motivated by capital gain that you, like, oh god, he deserves... To die by revolt from his own citizens, so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But that's my that's my last news story. So, do we want to move into uh, this week's topic?
0: Yes, we do. Um, so we decided we were going to talk about um, overpopulation because there, uh, Griffin and I are in this polling group uh, called for polling purposes, which um, it it was started by a former Pitt student. Um, we gotta love those Pitt alumni really and truly that's my whole life right now but um, so we yeah yeah yeah. so it was started by this Pitt alumni um, and so most of the members are from Pittsburgh or are Pitt students or they are um, like they live in Philly or are like students at Temple or something yeah Um, yeah so this polling group recently had a poll uh, God, what was it? I was so angry <laughs> that I just blacked out. Do you remember what the poll was?
1: I I think it was like, what do you think the best solution to overpopulation is?
0: Oh yeah, or, or something
1: and, along the lines. Um, yeah,
0: which like that's that's basically what is going to lead us into this topic because um, I then got very angry as um, a person who has studied um, environmental politics and know that like overpopulation is brought up a ton in environmental classes because like one of the major problems with um an increase in population is the ability to reallocate resources or, like, to be able to provide the correct amount of resources for the amount of people living on the planet. However, we don't actually have a problem with overpopulation. If you took the amount of people that live across the world and tried to figure out how much land, how much food, how much water everyone needed, we're good. We're, like, way in the clear. Um... The problem is that it's really just an issue of resource allocation, redistribution of resources, um, particularly because most of the like food and land uh, is in wealthy countries. Um, especially when you do like the math of like oh per person, like how like how those resources would end up like being distributed. Um, and because a lot of lower-income nations have higher populations, uh, then this whole idea of overpopulation becomes this really racist myth that makes it seem like black and brown people need to stop having kids so that they don't use up all the resources. Is event is like basically how it yeah. ends up, yeah.
1: Um, and the idea that overpopulation. Is going to like it's been around for a long time Mm -hmm. there was a I think probably one of the earliest origins of sort of the myth of overpopulation is an essay by uh, Thomas Robert Malthus uh, in 1798 (laughs) Uh, it was called an essay on the principle of population Um, and it predicted that you know the population would double every 25 years uh, but, you know, the food production wouldn't increase at the same rate. It would, uh, mm. And the thing is, uh, Malthus was wrong.
0: Malthus was a dumbass bitch. Malthus um, knew nothing of the Green Revolution.
1: And so it, it predicted sort of mass starvation and all of these sort of horrible things coming to pass. And the thing is, Malthus was wrong. Because food production increased at a much greater rate because of the Industrial Revolution. Well, it
0: was actually the the Green Revolution. I think he was alive during the Industrial Revolution, but then, well, actually, I could be wrong. I think he might have had the um, Industrial Revolution, and then uh, people started bringing up Malthus again in, like, the 50s and 60s. 1950s 1960s and then the 1970s was when we had the green revolution which is when we started to have huge advances in agricultural technology in such a way that really shifted um a lot of like uh post-industrial um economies so that's how we ended up having so many more like white-collar jobs and why like your neighbor probably doesn't have a fucking farm um, here in the U.S. especially. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is, like, one of the things that I love the most about studying the environment. Um, yeah. Because it's really um, interesting.
1: And, and I think you're particularly uh, referencing, uh, I think, some there was a work in the late 1960s by Paul uh, Ehrlich out of yes, uh, Stanford. Yes, that's who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, who sort of... Uh, Uh, Had very similar ideals to Malthus, um, and I think I actually have a uh, quote from him, uh, which is, "The battle to feed all of humanity is over." In the nineteen seventies, hundreds of millions of people will starve to death in spite of any crash programs embarked upon now. And the thing is, uh, that was wrong. It Mm -hmm. didn't happen. Um, And but despite the fact, is like often stuff like this will. Sort of this this apocalyptic thinking about you know oh so many people are going to starve to death uh, leads to forced sterilization. um, Yes. Particularly in as you mentioned in uh, places that have a lot of uh, black and brown people, so like Mexico, Bolivia, Peru. um,
0: I mean, uh, especially in India, there's a really big problem with it. Yeah.
1: Um, And and also, you know, China had the you know the one child policy. Um, which is now a two-child policy, but for a long time, it was, you know, and, like, that's pretty, but, like, if you look at the statistics, it, like, and people will be like, oh, by, you know, 2100, we'll reach 14 million people. And that's not true.
0: No. Yeah.
1: Um, Because it kind of ignores the way that population dynamics work, especially human population dynamics, which is uh, wealthier countries, in wealthier countries, people have fewer children. Mm-hmm. Um. and so and the wealth sort of in general of like all countries has been going up uh, for a, like a long while because of sort of industrial advancements um, but it's the kind of thing where it's you know the more you know the fewer people are you know farmers and you know but like because uh, you know agricultural yield goes up per you know per farmer
0: mm-hmm.
1: the few the Fewer, you know, births there will be. Yes. Uh, so, like, in places like Japan, like, the population is declining.
0: Oh, yeah. mm
1: mm-hmm. um, And I think, like, there's other countries, I think, where that's also the case. Where it's, it's
0: pretty common. The U.S. is, like, one of the few countries that is, like, pretty comfortably at, Um, replacement rate for population, which is, um, you know, each quote-unquote married couple, so that would be two people, in, like, typical fashion, this is a man and a woman, um, they would, quote-unquote, replace themselves in the population by having two children, so that when, you know, they die, there's two people that are replacing them. Um, Yeah.
1: So, but... Yeah, it, it, it's at the point of, like, yes, the population will continue to increase for a while, but there have been estimates that um, s- certain, like, s- scholars um, believe that, you know, the population will hit, like, you know, 9 million people, or 9 billion people at like, in 2040, and then it will decline from there. And even, like, the UN um, says, you know, by 2070, um, you know, it will hit 11.4 billion, and then it will decline. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, all of these apop- apocalyptic things that, you know, it's like, oh, we're going to hit, um, you know, 14 billion people and then everyone's going to starve. Um, it's just pointless scaremongering. As well as the fact that it's like, if you're, like, as soon as, like, you're hitting where, you know, beyond the carrying capacity of the Earth, regard- like, whatever that is uh, mm-hmm. for human beings, it's not going to increase past that. Like, all of these, like, oh, yeah, millions of people, you know, hundreds of millions will starve, like, is predicated on the idea that we'll go over carrying capacity and then have, like, an apocalyptic decline.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's
1: just, like, people will stop having children if they don't think they can feed them.
0: Yes. Um, for the most part. Um, I, I would definitely argue that... Uh, the main reason for having a lot of children, which is, um, like the economic benefit and like, like labor of children, probably that can, I don't know, that makes it seem a little bit more like less definite just because like you do need the children for labor a lot of the time, um, especially in like lower, uh, socioeconomic like statuses. But I think like even still like we have been able to study and learn that like the the most effective way to curb um like population growth if that is like your primary concern which it shouldn't be but if it is the best way to curb that is to um empower women you know to make sure that girls go to school that they go to school for a long time and to provide them with um like effective and co- uh, comprehensive um, uh, sexual education.
1: It, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the number one determining factor for, like, family size is like the level of attainment that the, uh, that women have.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, and I, I do uh, think that's important as well as um, allocate, like, if you, even if we do accept the basis, like, That you know, oh, there's too many people in one place. Well, Mm -hmm. then the issue is allocation of resources. Yes. Um, And this is actually something that you know I like as someone who studied um, Irish history to some degree. um, There is like the Irish famine is sort of like um, like you know oh millions you know millions of people had to emigrate or they died. Um, Mm -hmm. The thing is, there was plenty of food in the world um, to make up for the fact. In fact, you know, food was being exported from Ireland. Mm -hmm. Um, And perhaps, and there's a debate on whether or not it was enough to feed the island. Like, but there was certainly enough to, you know, alleviate uh, a significant portion of, like, the horror.
0: Um, Mm -hmm.
1: And... So it's it's always a matter of you know allocation of resources. It's- yeah,
0: I feel like I have mentioned this on the podcast before, but um, there's a pretty common proverb. Well, not proverb. It's not a proverb. There's a common saying that goes, um, "Only uh, famines only happen uh, like to bad governments." So basically, like the government's job. Is to prevent things from happening like famines or preventing um you know like natural disasters from like actually destroying a nation um and governments can basically like purchase extra food from what's being produced or incentivize increased production of food um and then buy back that food to have like Um, in, like, storehouses and things like that in order to prevent something like a mass famine from happening. Or if there was a heat wave or if there was a drought, you know, like, the government has these provisions that they are able to and should be putting in place to prevent starvation um, and things like that, Um, which becomes really interesting when you look at... uh, Many of the corrupt governments in places of the world, like um, sub Saharan Africa, where like 90% of the problem and reason for famine is um, corrupt government. And like, I could go on about this forever because like this is a lot of what I like, learned. Um, but that's just something interesting to think about. Um, and also, like, something to consider when we think about overpopulation and carrying capacity which is the ability of the earth to like carry X many people that carrying capacity increases every time we make agricultural advancements. Um, So like one of the things that I made sure to bring up to the person who made the poll, because I was like, this is fucking racist, um, is that like right now there are eight, ton of agricultural advancements going on um i it's my favorite field so um i can and would love to provide anyone who's interested with resources on um like agricultural technology um or agricultural engineering but um basically like there's a lot of things going on right now with like irrigation systems and um different ways of farming like aquaponics and hydroponics and a lot of different avenues are being um like explored
1: yeah for that. There's, there's no reason to believe so in the past when people have been concerned about overpopulation you mentioned the green revolution is agricultural mm-hmm. technology has increased or yes. has increased production um, and it was the same thing um you know when malthus was Industrial like, industrialized agriculture, um, in, like, increased production, and mm-hmm. then the Green Revolution increased production, and there's no, there's no reason to believe that agricultural, you know, output will at some point change, like, oh, nope, this is it, this is where, where it will, this is where agricultural output ends, um, yeah. and it will, it will, it will, inc- it will continue to increase, um, mm-hmm and like there's you know certainly it may not increase you know you know to the point where you know we have an infinite amount of food
0: um (laughs) uh hopefully not but then we have a waste problem
1: exactly yeah um but there's there's no reason to believe that you know we won't find solutions to uh fix you know food shortages um that don't even really exist at the moment. Like, so many, mm-hmm. so much of um, the problem with, you know, like, so-called, like, food shortages is like, really it's food waste that, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, you know, people are going hungry because, you know, uh, they're throwing out, per- you know, restaurants will f- throw out perfectly good food because they can't, you know, se- they can't sell it, um, and then they're mm-hmm. like, well, we won't give it away. Yeah,
0: which is bullshit, which is why, like, if you're interested, there's, like, all over the place, across the United States in particular, there's a lot of um, nonprofits cropping up that they, what they do is they take food that's going to be wasted from restaurants, from grocery stores, and they will then give it to low income housing authorities, soup kitchens, um, food pantries, things like that, which is a really interesting and innovative way to sort of tackle. Um, a huge equity and waste problem.
1: Um, Yeah. um, But, like, so much of, um, you know, lack of food getting to people who need it is 100... it's man-made. It's, you know, it's in a war zone. Or... and I think we talked about in in Venezuela is, like, there was a huge problem with, like, food production because oil prices were so high people couldn't harvest their crops and bring it to market. And so the problem problem wasn't, you know, there's not enough food, it's there's not enough resource allocation to bring that food to the people who need it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, Ah, anyway, stop believing um, in overpopulation. (laughs)
1: um, Yeah, no, 100%, it's uh, uh, overpopulation, isn't, you know, isn't a thing. And I, I I think it's also the kind of thing where it's like, you know, people who have this idea of sort of overpopulation are like often based on, uh, you know, animal, like sort of animal studies, but it's like, but humans, while we are animals, sort of operate in a different way than I think a lot mm-hmm. of those, you know. Um, we're not... First of all, we're, a, we're apex predators, so it's not like, you know, deer where you remove all their, you know, you know predators and suddenly they have a population boom and they eat all the plants out of existence and then, you know, die off when winter comes
0: mm-hmm. because,
1: you know, we, deer are feeding off of their environment and so there is a limited amount of food. Humans have the capacity to increase the limit of food that there is.
0: Exactly. Yeah, we just operate so differently. It's like comparing apples and oranges. It really, we're apples and fucking cucumbers. Honestly, it's just like not. It it doesn't work.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's like if we, you know, if there's not enough food, well, well, there's arable land that isn't under cultivation.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's
1: cultivate it.
0: Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. Um, One of the more interesting things about um, agriculture is that it's like really, really difficult to like improve the quality of soil once it's been degraded. So the more pressing matter with um, any issue to do with population as it's related to agriculture would be that um, pretty much once we degrade arable soil, we can't get it back. So instead of focusing on overpopulation and how that's affecting our resources we should be focused on soil degradation that's much more pressing
1: but that doesn't sound quite as apocalyptic Jesse
0: it sure doesn't (laughs) Uh, there's just no point to being apocalyptic and fatalistic it's just a waste of time and a bunch of fear mongering
1: um yeah, it's th- there's always something you can do, and it do- may not sound cool, you know, you know fixing soil de- degradation doesn't, you know, it doesn't bring. I in think the big it's headlines. super
0: cool. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I was I was gonna say, you know, it do- it doesn't, you know, it. I I think I think it's the same th- sort of thing with um certain like, I think this is a problem, like, for a lot of different things where it's like for history at least, you know. know, researching, you know, particular, like, legal cases doesn't sound, you know, it doesn't bring in, you know, the paying public, because, Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, oh, you know, here's a book about, you know, George Washington, um, does, it's, you know, you know, the actual, like, interesting, to me, uh, stuff that's, like, important historically, um, and sort of advances the field, doesn't, you know it doesn't bring in, you know, people from outside the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I think that's it's that's probably sort of the case with, you know, soil degradation where it's like it doesn't it it's it's not making headlines. It's really like, oh, you know, here's an organization dedicated to fixing the soil. Um, is it it isn't, you know it's not drawing people in, like, oh cool
0: yeah, I right. think it's pretty safe to say that I might be one of the only people that that has brought in <laughs> yeah. to the environmental field. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like we covered, like, a ton of ground with this topic.
1: Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure how much we more we can say without starting to become preachy. Uh,
0: yeah. I think we already kind of achieved Preachy, but that's, like, the most effective way to kind of talk about this topic.
1: Yeah. Is, it's, it's a myth, it's racist, here's why it's a myth.
0: Here's all these, like, examples about how, like, humans are fucking awesome and so innovative and we always are and we always have been and it's, like, the best thing about us, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's... And I actually, and I, I think uh, in the, the one thing that I think we didn't go over is um, sort of some of the technology that uh, actually allowed sort of that green, the Green Revolution and sort of the Industrial Revolution to happen. It's like, so... Peop- and like nowadays, I think the 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 leading edge besides like sort of the, you know, uh, aquaponics stuff is GMO. Um,
0: oh, and look, there's a that, huge... That, it would be a whole other episode, which I think we should cover next, because I, wow, man oh man, do I both love and hate GMOs, for so many reasons.
1: Um, But yeah, but, you know, genetically modified organisms are such an important part of, you know, increasing agricultural production,
0: Mm -hmm. um, increasing
1: food stores, that, and I think there's such a huge pushback against them. Uh, these days which is you know completely (laughs) unfounded but um Mm -hmm. as you said like that that is a I think a topic for that really deserves its own uh special treatment
0: oh yeah for sure for sure um okay then I think it's probably good to stop recording since now we've been recording for (laughs) almost an hour and 20 minutes yeah um Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, Please consider going to our page um, on Anchor. I think it's like you go to like anchor slash avocado toast PPN and you can donate to us or the link is in our description or it's also absolutely pinned to our Twitter profile. Um, If you want to consider donating there, you can donate a dollar $5 or $10 are the different brackets that Anchor um, allows us to offer. Um, That would be super duper duper appreciated because we would love to buy Griffin a mic. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: Other than that, uh, if you want to go ahead and shoot us a follow, we are on Twitter as at p p n. Griffin's on Twitter is at SirGriffington, and I am on Twitter as at Jesse underscore Quinn. Thank you guys so much for listening. Eat the rich. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.